Blog Talk Radio. Hello, welcome to Home Green Homes podcast. I am Izumi Tanaka, a green realtor in Los Angeles and the host of the show. Today I have Robert Fortunato as my guest. Robert is a president of Four Strategy Consulting and owner-builder of the Green Idea House in Hamosa Beach. He's a trusted advisor to businesses, developers, and nonprofits, helping them scale solutions that are less costly and better for our health, lifestyle, economy, and the environment. In 2012, Robert designed and general contracted the multiple award-winning Green Idea House, one of the first affordable net zero energy, net carbon case study houses built with standard construction materials and off-the-shelf technologies. Robert has been a great source of inspiration for me and support for the last few years that I've known him. So I'm so grateful to have you, Robert, for being my guest today. And we'll just dive in. So Sounds hello, good, Izumi. Hello. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so your home, Green Idea House, which I had the honor and privilege to visit and photograph, you design and general contract it yourself to be truly green. So can you talk about what drove you to accomplish this? It wasn't an easy task, was it? Well, I, I want to start by uh, thanking you for, for your interest in our Green Idea House and for coming in and shooting the beautiful photographs uh, that you shot. Uh, I, I, that oh, means yeah. a lot to me. Th- those photographs, I just recently went to a um, presentation and, um, and the presenter was clicking through the slides and uh, next thing you know, there's, there's my house and your, it was mm. credited to you. The photograph was credited to you. Oh. So uh, kudos to you for uh, shooting those beautiful, and, and again, your interest uh, in what we were doing. <clears throat> Sure. So what motivated it, uh, I don't want to duplicate uh, our TED Talk. So we did a TED Talk. If you want to hear the whole uh, 18, 16, or 18-minute uh, backstory, you're welcome to find that. It's easy if you just punch in my name sure. and uh, Green Idea mm-hmm. House and TED, TED Talk. So, but the essence of it is uh, we, we worked and traveled internationally for two years, and the rest of the world looks at energy, waste, water, um, and toxicity in a really different way than we do. And uh, when we came back, my son uh, was born, and uh, he basically threw me out of my office in our 1,300-square-foot house uh, in Hermosa Beach. Uh, it was a classic post and beam building. We really loved the building, uh, but we needed more space. And, um, mm-hmm. and both my wife and I work um, you know, sometimes out of the home, and, uh, and so we knew that we, we needed more, you know, about six or 800 more uh, square feet. And, um, you know, it sort of triggered the need to do this thing. And we saw, you know, when we traveled, there were very, very different ways of thinking about buildings and dwellings. And, and, mm-hmm. um, and we knew there was a different way to do it. And when we tried to look at uh, what was being built, you know, in Los Angeles starting 10 years, 10 years ago, uh, we mm-hmm. went to construction sites and we saw stuff that, quite frankly, we didn't want any part of, you know, giant piles right. of trash out front and mm-hmm. uh, the mm-hmm. toxic materials. And even the people who were trying to do it right 
uh, we went to a ton of green open houses. Um, and as you know, you know, the definition of green uh, is really different from uh, project to project. And we asked right. some critical questions, you know, does it work and how much does it cost? And, um, you know, they really couldn't tell us uh, compelling answers to either question. And we thought mm-hmm. somebody has to build this thing. Somebody has to do this thing. And uh, so we took it on. Uh, I'm trained as an economist, and I looked through the numbers, and I said if we use less water, waste, energy, materials, it should actually cost less to build this thing and manage it over time. And, right. uh, and that's, what we set out, that's what we set out to do, uh, make it less, you know, less in a way that is actually more, right? Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. So what was the biggest challenge in that process as you, as you started to take on this seemingly, you know, big project? <laughs> yeah, the, the biggest challenge, I mean, we hired an architect and we, you know, we thought we screened for the, you know, the greenest architect we could find. And, um, you know, he was, he was just using it as some sort of branding mechanism or something like that. He really didn't care mm-hmm. about it, um, which is mm-hmm. okay. Uh, but we really did want to do this thing. And um, at a certain point we had to, you know, sort of cast aside what was not going to work. And what was not going to work was, um, you know, people showing up thinking that they could do exactly what they did in the last building on our building. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. that's the hardest part. The, the mind shift that it takes uh, because uh, I, I work in consulting. And so I understand repetition is the mother of profitability oftentimes and uh, to a certain right. point, right? When, when you're doing something that actually has value and you've got a system to do it, you can do it much more profitably. Um, you know, when you mm-hmm. do it the second, third, fifth, a hundredth time, uh, the difficult part mm-hmm. is uh, we were looking to do something different that could actually save them money if they were open to it. Um, right. But many of them, really just wanted to do what they did on the last building uh, because, you know, they, they shrug, they would shrug their shoulders at me, Robert, that's what we always do. Uh, for example, yeah. um, we, we wanted to do something called advanced framing. So most buildings are built with studs, wood studs that um, occur every 16 inches um, mm-hmm. on center. And that's, that's code, right? Uh, but there's an exception mm-hmm. to yeah. code that says you can p- push those studs out to 24 inches and a lot mm. of the transfer of heat and cold happens through the studs, uh, which are only right. R3, which means it has a resistance uh, to heat and cold of three, whereas the insulation in between the studs can have up to R20, um, you know, so mm. a lot of resistance to heat and cold. And um, so if you build with 24 on center, you end up with an assembly that actually transfers heat and cold less than an assembly with 16 on center. And for, for the framers, it means less labor, less material, right. less timber, right? right? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. you, you would think that they would be excited about doing something like that. And uh, so I bid, you know, the contract to do that thing. I even got the manual off the internet of how to do that thing. I gave it to each one of the contractors to bid on it. And, uh, you know, we Selected a framing contractor. He arrives the first day. The lumber's here, the FSC certified lumber, and we're all ready to go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, you ready? Here, you know, looked over the plans. He says, got it. 
so I go back to the rental that we had at the time, and uh, I come back, mm-hmm. you know, a couple hours later, and he had built the first wall. And guess what, Izumi? He built 15 <laughs> on center. <laughs> and I, I said, what's, you know what? He said, that's, Robert, that's what we always do. I said, the next one, I'll, I'll, I'll accept this one. The next one you're not getting paid for. Uh, so, you know, oh, we uh, went through that process with all of the trades having to really watch what they were doing in a way, hopefully, that they could do it better and more profitably for themselves uh, and right. do it differently in a way which would help the, biz- help the building actually work better. So that's just one, one small mm-hmm. example. I have about 100 of those kinds of examples. I'm sure. That happen. Yeah. I haven't heard this one particular uh, uh, story. I've heard yours you know, talks many times, but I didn't hear that one. So this is a, this is oh, great good. information. I'm glad you're getting a new story. <laughs> yeah, thank you. But, you know, you said something really important, and I'm really curious to hear more, which was that, you know, you said that repetition is, you know, what kind of leads to profitability. And at right. the same time, you were trying to do something different to save money, Right. And right. theoretically, theoretically, right, to to save money on the long run as well. And so, yes. you know, it's been several years since you built this house. It's been, what, seven years at this point? Seven you, years. Can you believe your, it? Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. Your son has <laughs> grown wise. up in the meanwhile. <laughs> I know. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> Right. So, but I'm still hearing, you know, from people, including architects and contractors, that green homes are more expensive to to build. And if 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 we create enough repetition in building green, shouldn't that lead to more profitability? Or is that a myth that we just can't seem to bust? Well, the, the um, you, you've got it. It should be less expensive. Um, the most mm-hmm. expensive add-on to my project was the uh, solar array, uh, which mm-hmm. was it's six six and a half kilowatt um, mm-hmm. kilowatts, and uh, it's twenty six panels. And um, I think it was after you know net, it was about eighteen thousand um, dollars, eighteen mm. five or something along that along that. And, you know, the the price of those things in the last seven years has halved. Uh, so you can get the exact right. same amount of power for less money mm-hmm. and less pa- less panels, actually, because the panels are mm-hmm. so much more powerful. Uh, we bought 250-watt right. uh, panels, and now they have 325, 350-watt panels. Uh, mm. It's standard, standard stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. So this is all getting mm-hmm. less expensive. Um, the rest of the assembly really wasn't more expensive uh, than standard construction um, and you, you saw the build, uh, you know, there's a few finishes that we, um, you know, that we s- sort of splashed out on a little bit so that the right. building didn't right. look like a, a mud hut. Um, but right. for the most part, these are standard finishes, standard building materials, off the shelf technologies. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're actually right. less expensive today than they were seven years ago. So, right. what, so what is the problem then? Right. What is you're asking the right mm-hmm. question. What is the problem? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think the problem's the same problem. Uh, unfortunately, we haven't gotten past the place where contractors who have done it a certain way uh, want to actually mm-hmm. do it 
anywhere different. So what they don't understand about our building is that it actually operates differently. Uh, because right. of how we designed it, we don't need as big of a mechanical system. And mm-hmm. that cuts the cost, right? And we right. designed it all electric, so we don't need the venting stuff that is needed when you have combustion mm. in a building. So all the right. venting stuff is gone, gone right? So they're mm-hmm. trying to build mm-hmm. buildings with gas and, um, you know, uh, all the sort of regular stuff and then bolt on to it uh, extra insulation and extra solar panels and extra this and extra that. And that will be – that's an right. expensive way to do it. Um, that's, but that's yeah. sort of the old mindset. You really have to rethink mm-hmm. how the whole building works, uh, thinking about orientation and solar gain, for example, at the first steps in the process to say, where's the sun mm-hmm. going to be beating into this building, and how can we build an yeah. overhang so that it doesn't beat in in the summertime? It's really simple stuff, Yeah. Uh, but it's not yeah. done. We just don't see it done, or we don't see it done well. And, um, you know, the art, after we got done, it, the, the engineers were really nervous when we told them we wanted to cut off the gas. Because uh, they mm. said, well, you want to do this thing, and gas is, you know, really important for heating hot water and, you know, yeah. all these other things. And we don't know uh-huh. if we're going to be able to, you know, there's sort of do a lot of hand-wringing. And I said, we're absolutely <laughs> going to cut, cut off the gas. Uh, I do not <laughs> want to breathe what we would be polluting in the air, and I don't want anybody else to breathe it either. And uh, right. and we're and we're in an earthquake zone. You know, Izumi. You know yeah. what happens when you have gas in the building when there's exactly. you know an earthquake. It, it goes boom. <laughs> we didn't want to go boom. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, uh, but they were really nervous about it, and um, mm-hmm. and you know we got to the end of the project, and uh, you know we fired up the building, and it was working so much better than they even anticipated. Uh, we actually mm-hmm. overgenerate. Uh, see, we we thought we were just kind of skinny by uh, at the end of mm-hmm. the you know end of the year. We would right. just get by and just have created enough energy more than we used uh, to make it net zero energy. We actually right. overgenerate by about two and a half megawatts a year. That's a huge wow. amount of energy. So wow. not only does it power up the building but it can power our two electric cars as well. Right. And mm-hmm. and we're still net zero energy. So not only do we not have an you know an energy bill for the house, we don't even pay gas charges anymore. We don't go right. to the pump right. anymore. So And you um, don't pay for so gasoline so, either. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So right. it's you know it all works and it works better than standard construction. It's more comfortable. The air mm-hmm. we breathe is is mm-hmm. you know much nicer. So uh, yeah. it's certainly possible. Um, so what what I've uh, you know I you know Izumi you know the story. I, I basically was ready to go back to my regular job in management consulting, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I keep on getting pulled back in uh, into projects because people want to mm-hmm. know how can we do that same thing on a larger scale. Uh, so I'm currently right. helping developers um, and affordable housing developers do the same thing on a much, much larger mm-hmm. scale uh, to teach right. them, you know, that these things are all possible today. And in yeah. fact, even yeah. more possible seven years later uh, for less money mm-hmm. than standard construction. Right. Um, and the, yeah, it's fun. It's fun. We're, the things we're finding are really fascinating too. We're, we're doing audits currently. I'm doing uh, a series of audits for an affordable housing developer 
And to go back Mm -hmm. to buildings that were just built five years ago and see the things that have been done even with the best of intentions. I see solar Mm -hmm. panel arrays that are done completely, you know, in the wrong direction. They're actually facing Mm. in the wrong direction. You know, there's so many things that make them not work. Uh, they're putting uh, gas. I mean, we just went into a, a, a unit where <clears throat> they put a gas hot water tank and a gas stove and an oven um, in a unit that had has no outside air feeding oh, wow. the combustion appliances. And you, you know wow. what that, that means that, yeah, um, if you turn the bathroom fan on, it sucks mm-hmm. the exhaust from those things back into the building for people to breathe. Right. So they're, they're basically know. choking on carbon dioxide and everything else like that. So all those things are, mm. you know, not, especially in Southern California, not needed, uh, really, really not right. needed. And there's better ways to mm-hmm. do them. Um, so we're, you know, we're getting in, we're trying to fix the existing problems and then designing, using what we learned from the, the audits, uh, in the development of the new buildings uh, so that we don't end right. up with those problems going forward. We'll get yeah, there. Well, like we'll with, there. Yeah, you know, with anything new, I guess there is always this uh, phase where there's a, a lot of trial and errors, and people That's start right. to, you know, some people c- come out of the woods to start taking advantage of, you know, this sort of a trend or, or movement, as you will. Um, yep. And and you know people putting solar panels in the wrong direction and stuff like that. It's it's fascinating. But I think do you do you agree that we are moving in the right direction in terms of educating the the builders and developers, consumers, homeowners to think about you know, making a home home environment clean and not just clean, you know, like your introduction says, better for health, lifestyle, economy, and the environment. And the environment part right. is pretty much a, you know, byproduct, like a That's consequence. Right. But, that, you know, so it's, it's quite a fascinating uh, phenomenon, actually, to to observe and kind of be a part of. <laughs> you're exactly right. And so, and this is why what yeah. you're doing is so important because mm-hmm. for the average consumer isn't involved in the stuff that you and I are involved in every day. You know, I was I was right. over at Southern California Edison taking an, an all-day class yesterday, you know, to really make sure I was on the cutting I am on the cutting edge of what's happening with the building mm-hmm. codes and all the rest of the technical mm-hmm. stuff that's going on. Right. Uh, the average person you know, they, they're doing their whatever their job is and they're living their life right. and they're going to their kids, you know, baseball games and all that stuff that's happening. And, and you know, building mm-hmm. science is not their top priority. And we, we have to recognize right. that. And that's okay. That's okay. Right. Yeah. What you're yeah. doing in helping them understand what the benefits of these things are in terms that they can understand, right? It's better mm-hmm. health. It's better mm-hmm. lifestyle. It's less risk of fire and explosion, um, you know, yeah. if, if they start understanding those things and then demanding those things, right, saying I'm right. not going to build, right. I'm not going to build another building that doesn't do these things, and I'm not going to live in right. another building, I'm not going to rent another apartment that isn't these right. things because I'm concerned about my health, my welfare, my safety. Right. Um, right. Yeah. And 
And so you're you're providing a really important link uh, because I think that's where mm-hmm. it has to reside ultimately, where the consumers understand and create a demand yeah. for this thing. And it's interesting yeah. if you segment the population, right? There's certain people who are mm-hmm. sort of greenies, and they, you know, they will do this every day just because it's a good good and the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. All the way to uh, people who don't care at all about mm-hmm. the environment. Yeah, but maybe right. are you know, uh, what do they call them, preppers? You know, they're they're waiting mm-hmm. for the next catastrophe or whatever it is. And uh, yeah. it's funny, my wife and I happened to bump across a show called Preppers and where these people are waiting for, you know, <laughs> doomsday or whatever, and they want to be prepared yeah, for doomsday. Yeah. Um, and so what we have to offer is exactly what they would need. <laughs> it's, it's really interesting, yeah. right? sustainable yeah. things that are going to last a long time and provide them energy and water and, you know, solutions for waste and all the rest of it. Uh, you know, so it, no matter who you are, there's something here for everybody. Um, a lot of people yeah. say to me, uh, oh, but Robert, my gas stove, you know, like I love my gas mm-hmm. stove. And, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, and you don't have gas in your building. So what do you do? You know, what do you, what do you do about cooking? Is your wife? <laughs> so, you know, like all that stuff. And yeah. we have an induction, you saw it, we have an induction cooktop. Yes, I know. So, it was very impressive. So much better. It's yeah. so much better. Something's yeah. funny. And it's, you know, it's energy efficient. And But that's not the, that's not the headline. The headline is mm-hmm. it cooks so much better and faster and yeah. cleaner um, mm-hmm. from a lifestyle standpoint. It, you can cook a pot of corn, which would take about 12 mm-hmm. minutes to boil. Yeah. It boils in like mm-hmm. three minutes, right? So it's faster. I know. Better. I know. Um, you you did a demonstration for me of how fast the water <laughs> boils. That was amazing. <laughs> it's crazy. So much it? faster it's than crazy. my gas stove in the kitchen. I know. Yeah. I know. yeah. It's amazing. And, and, yeah. So from a health standpoint, too, you're not breathing in the carbon monoxide, the carbon dioxide, mm-hmm. the nitrous oxide, mm-hmm. and the formaldehyde, the, the last mm-hmm. two actually drop to the floor, and they don't get sucked right. up by your fan. They right. tend to drop to the floor. Right. And, and who's down there, right? Your kids and your, and your pets yep. and the are pets. down there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Right. So, so yeah. you know, again, yeah. just better. It's just plain old better technology. And uh, so you're doing a real service in helping more people understand that. So thank you for well, that. Well, thank you. With your help, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> we're we're on to something, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So what is? Uh, um, I just want to kind of wrap up by saying or asking, what do you enjoy the most about your home, other than all the benefits that that are health benefits, economical benefits? Um, uh, your son grew up in this house, right, basically. Yeah. And yep. what do you enjoy the most? What is the most rewarding part of living in a green home? There's some, so many different aspects of it that work at sort of many different levels, right? So, you know, mm-hmm. thinking about my son, um, you know, we handpicked all of the caulks, adhesives, and other things, you know, in the house, uh, the flooring mm-hmm. and whatever, you know, um, with the thought that we want anyone who comes into our house 
to be healthy, mm-hmm. right? And not right. be exposed to toxic right. elements. Um, right. And, you know, so, you know, not that it's an indicator or something like that, but, you know, we, we mm-hmm. take pride in the fact that, you know, we do take um, our health seriously and, and what you're breathing every day is really important. So how we, yeah. how we treated the crawl space and, and the materials, the insulation, all those other pieces, not only for ourselves, but the contractors who came on site, uh, we care about them mm-hmm. and we wanted to make sure that yeah. they were safe as they were installing these things. Uh, yeah. I, I think I told you the, the story. We, um, you know, at a certain point, the, the framer came to us and he says, "Hey, I need adhesive for the for the uh, the subfloor." Right. And I said, "Do you really need it? I mean, do we really need?" It? He said, "Well, do you want squeaky floors?" And I said, "I guess okay. Uh, that's what you normally do. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll right. do it." And uh, yeah. so I asked him, "What do you normally What do you normally use?" And uh, he said, uh, "You know, gave me the name of the stuff, and I could find it at Home Depot." I checked mm-hmm. um, to see what the uh, parts per million of, you know, the VOCs uh, w- mm-hmm. which were allowable uh, in there. Right. And I, right. Think, it was, I think it was uh, 75 uh, per liter uh, that were mm. allowable. I used to be really facile. I apologize. I used to be really facile with these numbers. But um, mm-hmm. so we found this stuff, and it was 50. And so we were like, oh, good, you know, I'm actually a good general contractor. I got this stuff, and I brought it over, a case of the stuff. I brought it over to the site. And, the, you know, again, right. I went back to the rentals. Went, I came back that later that afternoon. It was a hot afternoon. <laughs> and uh, I walked by the trash can, and the smell coming off the trash can is just, I mean, was oh so God. toxic. It was crazy. And then I look at the guys, and they're covered up to their elbows and their eyes and their Ooh. hair. Like, this glue is everywhere, you know? It's under their fingernails and, mm. you know, all the stuff. And I picked up the tube, and um, basically it said, you know, the um, state of California has determined that this um, causes um, heart disease and, you know, cardiac arrhythmia, all, liver damage, all this stuff. And I said, how is that scary when the V, yeah, the VOCs were supposed to be 50 and, you know, we came in at 50 right. and it, yeah. it's the solvent solvents. They're, they had solvents ah. in the stuff that are not quite picked up by this VOC count. Wow. And um, yeah, it was crazy, really crazy. So I, I said mm. to the guys, guys, stop, stop what you're doing. Go get cleaned up. We'll start again tomorrow. I will find some other stuff. Mm. You really need to go and get this off. And the sad part is the only way to get that stuff off is with more solvent. Um, oh, it's, it's terrible. Yeah. You know, all of it is yeah. you know, carcinogenic. So so the uh, framer was yelling at me. He said, you can't stop my guys on this job and blah, blah, blah. And I said, I'll pay <laughs> you the rest of the day. You know, don't. I'm, yeah. I'm paying you to go and take care of yourselves. This is important to me. Yeah. And, and, um, and so they went home and I didn't, did more research and I found this other stuff, um, that had no solvents, um, and it was 20 VOCs and guess what it's doing? Mm. It actually costs less money than the other stuff. Oh, wow. Cost less than the other stuff. And, uh, and so, you know, uh, next day I had a case of that stuff for them. They used it. I said, how did it work? They said, just, just as well as the other stuff. And they can clean up with water instead. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's it's just a matter of, you know, we have to change out the supply chains of these things. I'm sure Home Depot Mm -hmm. has stockpiles of that other stuff. And they don't know about the other stuff. And we need to demand, you know, the stuff that's not toxic. 
Uh, because yeah. the workers, yeah. uh, you know, I, I can't imagine that those guys had good health insurance, right? And it's, right. they're not going to get yeah. sick tomorrow, but somewhere yeah. along the line, dealing with toxic exactly. chemicals, you get sick. And, yeah, we just all need to create a demand for these kinds of things. Right. Yeah, it's it's just some, a matter of raising awareness, and you and I are part of it, and we got to do we got to do what we can do to inform people. That's you know? right, and you're doing it. So, so, <laughs> so much you. appreciated. Yeah. Well, well, I so appreciate your uh, talking to me today, and I didn't even get to touch upon some of the stuff that I wanted to you to talk about, which is like the the waste management, how you recycle the material from the old existing homes and use it in your new home and how you recycle some of the stuff to uh, uh, donate it to uh, charity and things like that. But all those information can be found at your website, correct, Robert? That's right, greenidhealth.com. Yep, still up and, yeah. and operating. Or feel yeah. free to reach out to me. I'm I'm easily found. Uh, happy to help anybody That's who's right. attempting to do what we're doing, as are you. Yay. Um, yes. Thank yeah. you so much. So uh, you can also see the photos of the house that I shot. And by going to homegreenhomes.com and find the post titled Dare to be Green. And you, you nice. can also watch Robert's TED Talk, which is fascinating. Um, so again, thank you so much. And this was Home Green Homes Podcast. I am Izumi Tanaka, a green realtor. You can find me at homegreenhomes.com. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, bye-bye.